This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Back after a week off. Last week I was down in Kansas City for the NFL draft. I will give you a short synopsis of that coming up. Also, uh, we're going to start out the show with, I've got a, a, a thought of the best pick and a thought of a very interesting, not bad, but just an interesting selection made by the Big Five here in Des Moines, of course, that being the Bears, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Chiefs, the five biggest fan bases right here in Des Moines. So we'll do that. Uh, interesting selections all over, but that's what the NFL draft really is. And then uh, coming up, I will get to, ooh, why is my mic so hot in here? No, not you. It's on the uh, the computer there for the stream. There we go. Better. Uh, after we get to that, what happens when you get bounced in the first round of the NBA playoffs? Well, <laughs> you get bounced. Apparently. Let's probably plug this in. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Now we're cooking with gas. Now we're cooking with gas. Okay. Someone's going to be like, Wicked, we can't hear you. I see that on the stream. Thank you very much for pointing that out. My bad. Didn't plug the right cord in. And then later on in the show, after we get through some uh, NFL draft talk and some recap of the actual NFL draft, I do want to talk, uh, I want you to hear a bit from a comedian that was on with me on my, uh, my my day job. My daily job is to do the morning show here on Laser 103.3. And a comedian named Craig Gass was a guest uh, several times this week. He is in town, does amazing impressions. He's playing Woolies uh, tomorrow here in downtown Des Moines. And if you want to hear a hilarious story, Make sure you're tuning in just before we send it off to Cubs baseball. Cubs and fish from Wrigley. That comes your way at uh, 1245 for the uh, the pregame with Zach Zaidman. Pat and Ron will have the first pitch coming your way at 120 right here on ESPN Des Moines. All right, so I was in Kansas City for the draft, and I get asked this all week. How was the draft? It was awesome. I have always, always wanted to go to the NFL draft. It has been a dream of mine to go to the NFL draft. And growing up as a kid, it was always at Radio City Music Hall in New York. And then they started moving it around. And I was in Kansas City when I uh, worked for a radio station down there when it got announced that KC was going to get the draft. And I'm like, yes. And then we got pregnant twice and moved to Des Moines. And I'm like, but I'm not forgetting that because it's only three hours for me to get down to Kansas City. So it was my goal to get down there, and it was my wife giving me a couple of days off from the kids to go down for round one and round two and round three, day one and day two of the NFL draft. And I'll tell you what, man, Kansas City did it right. It looked good on TV. It looked good down there. When you get to the draft, especially day one, when the biggest names are there and the biggest buzz is going on, it felt like a music festival. Like, you've been to a music festival. There's... There's food trucks and there's people everywhere and it smells like weed everywhere and it's it's legal it's Missouri it's fine, um, so it it was a really cool experience to be there, and what's my my buddies got there the gates were opening at noon my friends got down there at one o'clock and sat by the fountain you've seen the pictures and the videos from the stage right in front of the big fountain Kansas City is the city of fountains, and they got down there at one o'clock and they were literally waiting for us which is great. So we were down there for all of the picks in the first round, and it was like it felt like a rock concert. 
And the stars, of course, were Roger Goodell and the, and the draft picks and the reaction from everybody. And it was just such a, an awesome time. And if you get a chance to go to the draft, it's great. The, the league puts on so many different things with the helmets and the mascots and, like, dummies with the jerseys and the full football uniforms on so you can take pictures and put your, like, your head, you know, like, over where it would be, kind of like a picture you would take at an amusement park. So it was awesome. So if you, if you get a chance to go to the draft, if you're a football nerd, football nerd Valhalla is the NFL draft. There's not a game going on. It's just names being read. That's all the draft is. Just names being read off a card, right? And then you cheer if you like your team's pick or if you follow me on Instagram. I may have had a couple of uh, adult beverages. And when the Packers pick was announced, I fell to the ground. More on that coming up in a bit. But I do want to run through all of the... Uh, the, the best pick and an interesting pick for the big five here in Des Moines. Again, the Bears, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So with that, first off the board, we'll do them the order they were taken in the first round. The Chicago Bears at pick number 10. With the 10th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Tennessee. Slam dunk of a pick. Absolute slam dunk of a pick. Not a left tackle. Uh, everything you read about him is he doesn't have the lateral quickness to play left tackle to keep Justin Fields upright. But a slam dunk of a right tackle, maybe in a in a pinch he can move over to left tackle. But this is a guy that if you're a Bears fan, you have to be excited about. And I'm not going to sit here and break down tackle play, mostly because I can't. All right? I'm not that big of a film nerd to be able to tell you all about it. But the write-up is that Wright is an excellent fit for the wide zone scheme the Bears are running. He can displace linemen at the point of attack and should be athletic enough to get linebackers and safeties at the second level. In pass pro, he's solid when he's not asked to deal with speed rushers on an island. This means he's likely playing right tackle. In addition, his lateral quickness, or lack thereof, makes him a perfect fit for the play-action RPO-style passing schemes that the Bears run. Slam dunk of a pick. The interesting pick, I thought, because everybody knew the Bears needed tackle help. Remember last last year, the Bears did nothing to help Justin Fields on the offensive line, and what happened? Justin Fields got crushed. He had a terrible year last year. Although at times he was a really good fantasy quarterback, but at the end he was just miserable. I'm glad, you know, I'm not the, I'm not a Bears fan. I dislike the Bears as a Packers fan, but that's a smart pick. Great pick by the Bears. The interesting pick happened in round four. All right. So everybody knows the best running back in this draft was B. John Robinson out of Texas, right? The guy behind him at Texas was Roshan Johnson, who I think might just be a bit of a gem for the uh, for the Chicago Bears. Fourth round, 115th pick. And, you know, I remember there were a couple of running backs at Auburn. It was what? Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. And Cadillac got all of the yards and all the carries for his several years when he was at Auburn, and Ronnie Brown got some. But you knew that Ronnie Brown had tread left on the tires. Now, I'm not saying that B. John Robinson is spent, because I think he's going to be a tremendous player in the National Football League, drafted far too high by Atlanta, but whatever. But when you've got a running back who backed up B. John Robinson, who probably was a five-star recruit going to Texas, who didn't get nearly the playing time that Bijan did, but has got a, a probably a ton of talent still left in him. Got some decent reps at Texas, not the Bijan Robinson reps. 
I think that is a very interesting pick. Now, he'll be a guy that, that gets some carries. I think he'll be called in if uh, Khalil Herbert gets hurt, hurt in this season. But I think it's a really interesting pick to keep an eye on, the Roshan Johnson pick out of uh, Texas. And then here it was, pick 13, the Green Bay Packers. With the 13th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Lucas Finesse. Defensive end, Iowa. Now, if you're a Packers fan, you probably had some delusion, like I did, that Green Bay was going to take uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the receiver from Ohio State, right? This is it. They didn't do it for Aaron, but they're going to do it for Jordan Love. They're going to take the best receiver. It's not a great receiver class, but they're going to take... It's like a good... There's, there's a lot of good receivers. They're not, not a ton of standout first-round wide receivers in this draft. But this is going to be the year they're going to do it for Jordan Love. And if you are following me on social media, at Mike Wicket, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I made a reel. Actually, I didn't know this was happening because I have my hand out recording me watching Roger Goodell. I'm 50 feet from the stage, 30 feet from the stage. And it's, I was like trying to get my reaction. Little did I know my buddy Dylan, who's standing right in front of me, is recording over his shoulder my actual reaction. I can't play for you the audio. When that pick got announced, my head goes down, collapse, and the amount of laughter from everyone around, because everybody's a Chiefs fan down in Kansas City. I'm surrounded by red, and everyone pointing, laughing. My buddy pushed me. It was hilarious. Now, in a vacuum, you, you, you look at the pick, and you're like, why didn't you just add a receiver? I mean, you got Watson and Dubs. Why not add the best wide receiver out of Ohio State? But I started talking and listening to a lot of podcasts about Lucas Van Ness and the selection of the edge rusher out of Iowa. And it's the most interesting pick I think the Green Bay Packers made of the 13 picks. They made 13 picks in this draft. When you are looking at the premium positions in the National Football League, wide receiver is not one of them. Wide receiver is important, don't get me wrong. But wide I mean, Tom Brady never won the Super Bowl in New England with an elite wide receiver. Never. All right? How do you win? You have to have quarterback, tackle, edge, and probably defensive back. Those are, those are if you, there's an elite prospect, you go up and you grab them in the first round. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe the first or second pick in next year's draft, he's the elite wide receiver for, from Ohio State coming out next year. But Lucas Van Ness... Major and of course, but you know why he gets the comparisons to JJ Watt and to TJ Watt. He's white and he rushes and he plays with that with his hair on fire. It's the real reason for it. But Lucas Van Ness, and I know we got a lot of Iowa fans here in Des Moines that watched him play. And he never started, didn't start a single game for Iowa, but that's because uh Kirk Ferentz plays favorites with his seniors. All right. But Van Ness is an athletic freak. And if they can harness his ability to explode off the line, use his unbelievable physique, they may have just found the next great sack master, the next great edge rusher in the National Football League. Very interesting pick. Interesting because they could have gone a number of ways, but you start talking to people and you're like, I get it why they don't, why they didn't go wide receiver. Because unless you're talking about drafting Calvin Johnson, 
I don't know how good Jackson Smith and Gigba is going to be. But we're not talking about an elite, elite. The best of this draft doesn't mean that he's going to wind up being a great, great player. You know, this was not a real good safety draft, they said. So if you take your first safety in round two or three, that doesn't mean that the safety is going to be great. It just means you're, you know, the tallest, you know what? Don't offend anybody. It's short. Uh, I thought the Packers' best draft pick was actually a pair of the two tight ends they took in the second and third round when they took Lucas, uh, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State and Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. Listen, if you're going to find yourself a tight end, you might as well take two swings at the best tight end class that we've seen in a long, long time. I mean, we know about Mayer, the kid from Notre Dame, and we know about uh, Kincaid, who went in the first round. I was a huge fan of Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. I would have loved to have seen Green Bay go that way. But there's questions about his knee and about his attitude. That's why he fell to the third round. But it was really interesting to see that Green Bay, because in between those two picks, they took a receiver, uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State. But Green Bay needs help at the tight end spot. Mercedes Lewis is 112 years old. I don't even know if he's coming back. Josiah Deguara is probably more an H-back. Hasn't worked out great. Bob Tunyon's gone. They took a swing at Luke Musgrave, who has the same RAS score, that athletic scoring system that they do, as Travis Kelsey. Is he going to be Kelsey? Probably not. Is he going to be the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL? Probably not. And then Tucker Kraft is more of a body guy than an absolute burner like Luke Musgrave. So I think that is an interesting combo of two that the Packers went ahead and selected uh, with their two tight ends. That was the best move that they made. Also, with taking the, the, the kid from uh, uh, Iowa State, the safety, Anthony Johnson, he might start this year. In the seventh round? Packers did really well late in the draft. Very, very late in the draft. Coming up, the other three teams of the Big Five, the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. The best pick and the most interesting pick from each of those three teams coming up next. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. It's Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Uh, coming up twelve forty five, Cubs and Fish, Chicago hosting the Miami Marlins on the north side of Chicago. Zach Zabin will have the play uh, play by excuse me. Zach Zabin will have the pregame. Pat and Ron will have the play by play coming up at one twenty, and then tomorrow same thing, followed by uh, the Yankees and the Rays, and then Golden State and the Lakers. In game three of that fun series. And then on Sunday, Cubs and Fish again, 1245 pregame. And then maybe the best rivalry in baseball, Dodgers and Padres, Sunday night baseball right here on ESPN Des Moines. We got live sports all weekend long right here, as always, on ESPN Des Moines. Uh, So going through the NFL draft, the best pick and the most interesting pick, I think, for Green Bay, Minnesota, Kansas City, Dallas, and Chicago, the Big five, as I like to call them here in Des Moines. We already hit the Packers and the Bears because they were pick 10 and pick 13. But at pick number 23, here come the Minnesota Vikings. With the 23rd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. I'm not going to say this was a bad pick, all right? Because when you can get the Boletnikoff winner from a year ago, not this year, but a year ago. He was the Boletnikoff winner when he was at Pitt. 
transferred to USC, didn't have quite the success he had the previous year while playing for Lincoln Riley. But when you can get that kind of a talent, not the biggest dude, not the most athletic dude, but a guy who is so technically sound already at the age of 21, that's a good pick. It's interesting, and it's a great pick. It's it's a good pick because K.J. Osborne wasn't it. Adam Thielen moved on. You needed another wide receiver to go with Justin Jefferson. And maybe K.J. Osborne's your three. And now this guy is expected, Addison is expected to be your number two. But what makes this pick so interesting, because I think he's a standout talent. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't think you can look at a, a pick like Jordan Addison and say, I don't know if that guy's really worth the first round grade. The Vikings lost so much in free agency off of an already terrible defense. Remember, the Vikings allowed more points than they scored, and they still won the NFC North. Cam Dantzler, gone. Linebacker Eric Hendricks, a.k.a. their team captain, gone with the Chargers. Dalvin Tomlinson, gone from the defensive line, playing in Cleveland now. Uh, the future Hall of Famer Patrick Peterson, gone now with Pittsburgh. And Duke Shelley with the Raiders. Now, some logical thinking would be, wicked, that defense was terrible. And losing all those names, not a big deal. And you're probably right. They did bring in uh, Marcus Davenport from the Saints, Dean Lowry from my Packers, Byron Murphy from the Cardinals, uh, and linebacker Troy Reeder, who won a Super Bowl with the Rams a couple of years ago. But when you have a historically bad defense, all right, and I'm talking one of the worst defenses ever, because we all knew the Vikings were frauds. Everybody knew the Vikings were frauds. You did, I did. Probably a lot of people in Minnesota knew their team wasn't, what were they, 13-4 and four last year, 12-5, and five, whatever they were. They weren't that good. I was shocked they didn't go defense in the first round. Shocked they did not go with anybody to help out that defense get better to stop these new-look Detroit Lions and this this allegedly improved Chicago Bears team. And I believe the Packers are going to be better than seven and a half wins. But you 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 was you would think that a team that was that bad on defense would have gone defense in the first round. But instead, they go with the Bletnikoff winner again. Not a not a bad pick, just an interesting pick. The very the even more interesting pick to me. And watch out for this. This is a real deep, this is a deep cut right here. Running back Dwayne McBride in the seventh round out of UAB. All right? 1,713 rushing yards last year. Again, UAB. I get it. I understand. But what does that mean for Dalvin Cook? They re-signed Alex Madison. They re-signed their fullback. But what does that mean for Dalvin Cook when they took a running back? Now, again, a seventh-round running back. They didn't move up to get Jameer Gibbs. They didn't move up to get Bijan Robinson. But Dalvin Cook is NFL old. How how many times have you turned on, maybe as a fantasy owner, you turn on ESPN or Fox or whatever, and you're getting ready on Sundays, and you see Adam Schefter come on with an update from Minnesota that Dalvin Cook is out with a shoulder or a knee or an ankle or something. When Dalvin Cook has been healthy the last five years, you can argue he's the best receiver, check that, the best running back in the National Football League. The problem is Dalvin Cook has never been healthy for 16 or now 17 games. He's not 40. He's not 35. He's not even 30. He'll turn 28 this August. But that's NFL old for the amount of tread that has come off the tires for Dalvin Cook since he's been in the league. And he just had shoulder surgery 
which makes his situation even more complicated because if you were looking to trade Dalvin Cook, who's going to want a guy who can't pass a physical right now? Because he can't because of his, his shoulder surgery. So I think that that pick, along with how good we think Alex Madison actually could be if he were to get starters reps and starters carries, makes the Dwayne McBride pick very interesting. Again, not good, not bad. Also interesting, Jaron Hall, the quarterback they took from BYU, tons of talent, but also an injury risk. That's why he slid to the, what, fourth or fifth round whenever they wound up taking him. I wasn't going to be surprised if the Vikings made some kind of a bold move early and went after, you know, I know he wasn't there, but Anthony Richardson, who wound up going top five, or what about Hendon Hooker or some some other quarterback after the big dogs, I thought maybe as the replacement for uh, Kirk Cousins. I'm sure Kirk will just get four more guaranteed years and steal another $100 million from Minnesota. It'll be fine. Then three picks later, how about them Cowboys? With the 26th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle, Michigan. I'm just going to read you Bruce Feldman's freak list report. He's number one on the freak list for Bruce Feldman from CBS. The six foot three, 337 pound senior has rare power and agility. So rare, in fact, it's hard to find the right superlative to begin with. Smith does 22 reps on the bench press. Now, that's not a ton. That's a good amount, right? 225 pounds, 22 times. It's a good amount for a strong defensive lineman. He did it at 325. 325 pounds, he pushed 22 times. Obviously, incredibly strong. His vertical jump is 33 inches. His broad jump is 9'4". Nine, 9 feet, just, I bet, how far could you stand here and just jump? He did it and went 9 feet 4 and a half inches. This is a guy who's 6'3", 337. Right? He's as tall as me and weighs as much as two of me. Okay, because <laughs> I'm 6'2", 6'3", and I weigh 175 pounds. So he's like two of me do, jumping from here to the, the wall on the other side of your room. That's pretty impressive. So he's an athletic freak. Uh, he had 37 tackles last season. Uh, he was key on the Michigan defensive line, which was very, very good until they played against TCU. Uh Good pick. Good pick by uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And then they took his teammate. This was an interesting one. They took his teammate and Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end out of Michigan as well. The interesting part about this is he's got a real good chance to play. Jake Ferguson is their starting tight end next year. If you didn't realize, Dalton Schultz, who is a top five tight end last year, especially if you're a fantasy football player, you get past the big dogs. Dalton Schultz was right there when he was healthy. They have a, he's now with the Texans, I think I mentioned, but Schoonmaker's got a real good chance, 6'5", 230 pounds or whatever. He's got a really good chance to find some playing time and catch passes from Dak Prescott. So not a bad draft, although I did get a text from a buddy of mine named Shane, who's a Cowboys fan. He lives across the street from me, and he sent me a text uh, last night, and it was a graphic of ranking the drafts, 1-32 to by Ryan Wilson from NFL.com. And uh, he has the Steelers as the best draft in the uh, National Football League. And the Dallas Cowboys as the worst. Ranked 32nd, according to Ryan Wilson, a draft nerd from CBSSports.com. 
So take that for what it's worth if you're not a fan of the Cowboys, who, by the way, did a really good job of adding uh, Brandon Cook's playmaker. They needed it, Stephon Gilmore. I don't think he's the Stephon Gilmore of a couple of years ago, but they traded for him. They did lose Schultz to Houston. And, of course, Zeke Elliott uh, is no longer with Dallas. I don't think he's signed anywhere at this point. So that was the Cowboys pick at 26, and then it was the champs at 31. With the 31st pick... Of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Felix and Rujike Uzama, defensive end, Kansas State. Either they're in Kansas City and the Chiefs fans are going wild no matter what, or there are a ton of K-State fans. Both can be true, by the way. They take the hometown kid. uh, They need help on the defensive end. And like I said, when you have a first-round pick, now it's weird when you're at the end of the first round. It's not exactly like when you're Green Bay at 13, or a team that's in the top five. If you can find an elite player at at one of those four positions, quarterback, tackle, edge, and defensive back, everywhere else you can find usually better value in rounds two, three, and four to fill needs. Wide receiver, defensive tackle, guard, linebacker. But when you're talking about edge, guys coming off the edge, collapsing the pocket, making quarterbacks get off their mark, if this kid is as good as he was in, in college at K-State, man, the champs just added another elite piece to their puzzle. An elite, elite piece to their puzzle. And then they come back with the scary pick. Number 55, Rashi Rice from Southern Methodist. I mean, this uh, if you're talking about, again, this was not an elite wide receiver class. There weren't many great wide receivers. But there were a heck of a lot of good receivers. All cut Jalen Hyatt was in there. Rashi Rice was in there. Don't forget, last year they drafted Sky Moore, who caught his first touchdown in the Super Bowl. He didn't catch a touchdown all year. Tough to get on Mahomes' level. Tough to get on Andy Reid's level. But the wide receiving core, they lost Juju Smith-Schuster. He signed with uh, New England. Marquez Valdez-Scantling's no better than a three. Maybe if you're desperate as a number two. But you need wide receivers around Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. They drafted Sky Moore last year. A lot of promise. We'll see what happens. And now they add Rashi Rice. I mean, you look at Green Bay, people are like, oh, the young receivers. Kansas City's got some good young receivers. They've used some pretty valuable uh, ta- uh, uh, draft capital on. And what makes the uh, the the, uh, the rest of the picks so interesting about Kansas City, they lost Orlando Brown. He signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. Andrew Wiley goes to the Washington Commanders. But Kansas City used a third-round pick on Wanya Morris from Oklahoma. He'll probably start. At some point this year, he's probably going to start along the offensive line, maybe as a right tackle with Kansas City. But they also signed uh, Jawan Taylor, four years and 80, 86 million, something along those lines. That's your new left tackle to replace Orlando Brown. So the champs reload, the champs fill needs, and the champs draft another young, promising wide receiver. So there's your breakdown of the big five. The Packers, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Chiefs. Best pick, interesting pick as well from each of their drafts last week in Kansas City. Straight ahead, can you just read what the Craig Gass, Kira, can you just read for me how I've labeled the Craig, comedian Craig Gass was a guest of ours in studio on uh, Laser 103.3, <laughs> and uh, he's performing at Woolies tomorrow. Does a ton of great impressions. He's so connected and has amazing stories. Can you read this story? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. 
Craig Gass penis story. That's next. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Cubs and Marlins coming your way 1245. First pitch at 120. We'll have it for you here on ESPN Des Moines. All three games at that time uh, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And then tomorrow, we'll also have the Yankees and the Rays after, followed by the Warriors and Lakers, game three of that series. And then on Sunday, after Cubs and Fish, we'll have the Dodgers and the Padres. Sunday Night Baseball right here on ESPN Des Moines. We've got live sports, all right? You want live sports? We got it. Uh, So comedian Craig Gass is in town. He's a friend of my uh, co-host over on Laser, Heather. And uh, if you may have seen him, he is the glazed donut guy from an episode of Sex and the City. If you don't know what that means... Ask your uh, ask your middle aged female friend what that might mean. Um, he was also been in a ton of shows. King of Queens, Family Guy. He's been all over. He's been on Stern a million times. Does incredible impressions. He has so many stories. I would implore you to go to listen to them all on Laser One Hundred Three Point Three's podcast page because they're incredible. I wanted to find one that was mostly clean enough to play here on ESPN Des Moines because this is a story about some nineteen eighties. Rock stars. A friend of mine who is in one of the biggest heavy metal. If you were to name the top five heavy metal bands uh-huh. of the 1980s MTV era, hands down, this band. You go, oh yeah, that was that was one of the biggest. Okay, okay. all right. And don't guess. I will not answer. But Just write the answer and slide it over on a piece of paper. To <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> a friend, I accept it as a secret. A friend of mine who is the singer for one of those massive heavy metal bands from MTV in the eighties. They were doing a festival tour in Europe. The headliner, ACDC. The singer of ACDC walks into the band's dressing room to say hello. The band, naked. They're they're getting ready to go on stage. That's my favorite thing about going backstage. They're getting ready to go on stage. And (laughs) so uh, Brian Johnson walks into the dressing room. And apparently Brian Johnson is an incredibly warm human being. And he's holding court at the entrance of the dressing room. And he's saying hello to everybody. And he's making eye contact with everyone as he's work in the room. And he and walks in, he says, Tommy, put your pants on. <laughs> it's, I'm not going to answer which fan <laughs> And he says, uh, Tommy, my God, that thing has an <laughs> elbow in it. Um, so, uh, Brian Johnson, at one point, does look at the drummer of this band. Starts staring at him. Before he finally walks over and goes, Hey, man! Did you know you've got a giant penis on your back, man? And the drummer looks at him and goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, your tattoo is a giant penis. And the drummer explains, it's a dragon. It's an angry dragon. And he goes, I know it's a dragon, but look, it looks like you have two testes on both. And it's got a big shaft on top. And now the whole band is looking at him going, oh, my God. And they're all they're all taking out their camera phones. And they're all taking pictures. And they're going, see, now look how on the bottom it looks like two of these. And it's this big one on top. And when the singer looks over and goes, all right, I'm not trying to be a jerk, all right? But hear me out. Because I'm really looking at your tattoo for the first time. And I got to be honest. It does not look like your dragon <laughs> is breathing fire. <laughs> Heather's arm is going up to the dumb button as we speak right now. I want you to take your shirt off, Wicket, and I want Craig to examine your tattoo. Hold on. 814. (laughs) 814. Uh, 
I want. I got to go back and get this one next week. Well, here's the thing: is this drummer thinks the whole band is messing with him, and he goes, right. "Shut up! Come on, it's it's time to go on stage. Let's go rock. Come on, I'm gonna go. I'm put my shirt on. All right." And then he gets up on stage. But he knows what he saw. Mm-hmm. He's now looking at evidence from all the, the cell phone pictures yes. of it. And he knows what he saw. So the next day he calls the tattoo shop located in the United States and goes, Hey, you think it's putting a big penis on me? Is that funny to you? And this is what he hears from the tattoo shop. Um, yeah, we got a lot of complaints about that guy. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, he was putting penises on everybody. Oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> we, actually, we actually sat him down. We sat him down <sighs> a, a few weeks ago, and we tried to talk to him. We said, hey, be honest. No, hold, hold on. Be honest. Are you putting penises on people? What, <laughs> what are you doing? And he said, can I make a phone call? And we said, go ahead. And he fled. <sighs> and he, he left. He, and, and this is my favorite line of the entire story. This guy left a trail of penises everywhere. Listen. <laughs> Next time you come in, we'll cover it up, no charge. All right. Yes. I mean that's a huge penis you got. Wow. We, we will because he's a tall drummer. Mm-hmm. I didn't say he was a tall drummer. <laughs> I did. I will say this. I will say this. You haven't guessed it yet. You haven't guessed it yet. Okay. And how many arms does he have? Uh, Wicked is horrible with this. You cannot. He wants to know all the secrets. One it, arm. It is awful working with him. How many arms? Well, the next day, this guy who has now realized that he's been the victim of a prank with a giant penis on his back, comes walking back into the next festival show, hasn't seen his bandmates in 48 hours. And when he walks into the dressing room, all the eyes are on him. And he can feel it when he walks in and he just goes, I got a big penis on me, okay? I'm sorry. (laughs) And everyone goes, dude. I thought you were friends with that guy. He goes, I love that guy. That guy was my boy. I mean, we used to hang out and party together. That's why I don't understand. Like, he did a couple of my tattoos, but we used to drink mm-hmm. and party. Yes. And someone who was paying attention said, a couple of your tattoos. And he goes, yeah. I thought he just did the dragon. He goes, no, he did the dragon, but he also did the uh, Jesus on my leg. He did, And they all froze. Oh, no. Okay. He unbuttons his pants. Oh, no. Pulls his pants down. They all start staring at the tattoo. And he's the first one to notice. He goes, oh, my God. <laughs> he had no idea oh my God. that he had a tattoo <laughs> of Jesus, who he had no idea until right now that Jesus was excited. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there's a dirty version of this story, I imagine. That, there is. If you yeah. come to Woolies tomorrow night, I'll tell you who the band is. All right. So now you have to... I can't go to the show. It's tomorrow night, Woolies. If you want, I, is it the Chili Peppers? Because he walked in and they were all naked. Is it Chad Smith from the Chili? I don't know how, how tatted up Chad Smith is. From is it? Is it Motley Crue? Was it Tommy? Tommy's got tats all over. Is it Travis Barker? Like who is it? I gotta know. It's Craig Gass. You can get those tickets. Getgas.com. That's G A S S. Woolies tomorrow, seven o'clock. He was awesome all week. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket, I'll tweet out more incredible stories just like that. Some with fewer penises in it. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket. That is it. We're out of here. Cubs baseball against the fish. Game one of a three-game series is next. Have a good weekend.